Last February, the UK was hit by one of the biggest storms in recent decades, Storm Kiara, wreaking chaos and destruction across the land. Gusts of up to 97 miles an hour recorded, accompanied by torrential rain, causing electricity outages, flooding, and travel chaos across the country. At least 20,000 homes were left without power. Others had to be evacuated, and lorries were even overturned by the winds, and hundreds of flights were grounded. Little did we know then of the other storm, that was to follow a few weeks later, the coronavirus pandemic. And what a year it has been. It's wonderful to currently be in a season now of easing restrictions. It is so good that we're able to have so many people here physically on a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and uh, for our services. And it's so good to be able to meet up now again with friends and family, even if it is outside. And it's great that we're in a bit of a dry spell, a bit of a sunny spell right now, weather-wise, to help with that. Some of you, like me, may have actually got to your hairdresser this week. Yippee. Uh, Some of you have been, like me, shopping in town. And it feels like the storm is subsiding and the sun is beginning to shine. But it's been hard. And emerging from this storm is not going to be without its challenges. Debbie and I were recently on a Zoom call with a bunch of pastors and the psychologist and author, Dr. Henry Cloud, has written well over 60 books, uh, sold millions of copies, really smart guy. And he was talking about the impact that this pandemic has had on many of us. And then he talked about some healthy habits that we can put in place now to help us through into this next stage. And I found that his insights just so helpful that... Um, as we look forward to what this next season is going to bring for us as a church. Today, I just want to share some of what Henry Cloud was talking about. So in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, Jesus is coming to the end of this teaching known as the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, 7, and he finishes the sermon with this uh, paragraph. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, when we read that passage, of course, Uh, many of us will say to ourselves, well, Jesus is our rock, as Joy prayed in the prayer earlier. I'm going to build my house on Jesus. And absolutely, that's the first thing you should. He is our rock. But Jesus is saying how we build on that rock is important. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has talked about a number of practical things that his followers might do to uh, live as God designed them to live. And here he uses the analogy of building a house. And he exhorts us here to build well as we apply his teaching, build our life. The wise person builds the house of their life by putting his teaching into practice. And throughout the Bible, we see that God gave us ways to live so that we can thrive. That doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. But when uh, those storms come, uh, there are things which if we have them in place will ensure that we can withstand those storms. To use Jesus' picture of the house, there is an architecture 
and a structure to any building, to any vehicle, to any life that makes it strong. And COVID came and challenged that in so many ways. So let's take a look at this analogy of a house. When you build a house, the first thing you do is dig down and build a firm foundation. If it has a weak foundation, adverse conditions, including storms, will damage the house, as in this picture. Ouch. So the foundation needs to be strong. It needs to be deep. And an important, a really important part of the foundation for human beings, for us, Henry Cloud said, is our sense of connectedness. Uh, God made us to be relational. We're designed for relational connection, both vertically with him, but also horizontally with others. And it starts when a baby is born. It goes right throughout life. Uh, Those who are deeply connected are those who will tend to thrive best through life's crises. Research tells us that social isolation can be as damaging to our physical health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day and is linked with greater risk of coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and all sorts of other health issues. In Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, in describing the church, he uses the analogy of a house and also uses the analogy of a body. And both analogies talk about the interconnected parts being joined together. So Ephesians 4 and verse 16, it's talking about Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We've made connection one of our emphases for this year, particularly because the pandemic has in so many ways negatively impacted our connectedness. Life used to just naturally give us opportunities to connect. You know, we would see people at church, we would see people at our small group, we would have coffee with friends, we might sit next to the same people in our place of work or perhaps at our university and uh, bump into them at a school gate. We've been socially distanced. We've been physically distanced and disconnected from each other and from our loved ones in so many ways. So our foundation has been disrupted. Secondly, in many contemporary houses, the next thing to be built is the frame, which gives it structure, shapes, and holds the house together. And God built structure into everything in the universe, all the way to the human brain, and the rhythms of life and our routines. He built it into the very structure of creation. He began with day and night. We have weeks and months, a weekly Sabbath, We have seasons, we have festivals through the year. And until 13 months ago, life was full of routines. You know, we'd get up in the morning, we would dress appropriate to what we were going to do that day. And uh, we would then travel perhaps to our place of work or study, do the school run. All that stopped. And many of us had to learn a new routine of working from home. Or maybe you were furloughed or you found yourself homeschooling your children and you just had to find and create new routines. We lost the regular routine of meeting together here on a Sunday, or midweek at our small group, or seeing those people we were serving with on the same rotor. And any of you who are parents and teachers will know that children thrive with structure. They do best with structure. It gives them a sense of safety and security. And when that structure, especially for children, is disrupted, they're behavior 
starts to deteriorate as they get, you know, they get upset more easily, they start misbehaving more and so on. And we don't really grow out of that, you know, as adults. Structure and order calms us. It helps our brain function well. But this past year, our routines, our structure was impacted and it is erosive to our well-being. Once the foundation and frame are in place, you need then to build the walls, which makes the house feel warm and secure. And according to Henry Cloud, key to us feeling safe and secure is what he called agency. That is the ability to make decisions, to feel to some extent in control of our circumstances. But with all the restrictions we've faced over the past 13 months, that's been taken away in so many ways. Our sense of control was very quickly dismantled. You want to have a meeting? The restrictions say, no, you can't. You want to go for a walk with more than one person? Sorry, you can't. You want to travel? Sorry, you can't do that. You want to visit relatives? Sorry, you can't do that. And so what we wanted to do was thwarted in so many ways. And when that happens, we can feel down. When we do something that goes well, uh, where we have some control and we do a good job at something, that fuels us. Proverbs tells us in chapter 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. For many of us, restrictions have meant we can't do things we love, can't do things we're good at, you know, and feel good about. We haven't been able to operate in our strengths and that is not giving us life. It's actually making our heart feel a bit sick. The last thing Henry mentioned is that when building a house, we need ways to keep it fresh, to let the bad air out and let the good fresh air in, to put the rubbish out rather than just leaving it there kind of rotting and smelling. That's going to be bad, bad for your health if you don't get the rubbish put out uh, and also letting good stuff in. And in the same way, God has built us to have opportunities to let the negative, negative stuff out and positive stuff in by processing life's ups and downs with others those opportunities were disruptive, disrupted, sorry. Maybe you couldn't spend time with the people that you normally would, talking things through. Zoom or FaceTime may have been helpful, but it's not been the same as going deep in conversation in person. So Henry Cloud, having diagnosed those four things that have been so disruptive and disrupted, he said this rather stark statement, covid was the perfect storm to annihilate human thriving. It's wonderful to see things changing and a route out of this pandemic becoming more attainable, but it's important to acknowledge that it disrupted so much of our natural architecture. You might not be able to relate to all the things that Henry Cloud highlighted there, but hopefully one or two of those insights, it's like, that's interesting, might stand out for you. The good news is that there's something we can do about this. As we enter this new season, how can we shore up our houses? Well, let's start as he did with the foundation, with connection. The Apostle Paul's desire for church members is this in Colossians 2 verse 2, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love. What a vivid picture, being knit together, mutually encouraging one another. So as the restrictions ease, let's be proactive about cultivating connections. 
It's been absolutely wonderful this year to be able to make use of technology, which has enabled us to video call uh, or our loved ones, even stay in touch with people all over the world. We've been able to broadcast our services and events. Groups like Alpha have done really well online. I'd encourage you to sign up for that starting, is it this week? And I know that many of you have so appreciated small groups continuing on Zoom. Just think how much harder it would have been this past year if we didn't have these technologies. But I think it's fair to say that you can be on social media and apparently more connected than ever or seeing people's head and shoulders on a Zoom screen and still be extremely lonely because it is not connection in quite the same way. There is nothing that enhances human connection being knitted together like being face-to-face, physically proximate with other people. Discipleship happens better in the context of real relationships. Wherever you are in your faith, if you're exploring faith, if you've been a Christian for years, we all grow by not just interacting personally with the Lord and then with his word, the Bible, uh, but living out our faith alongside other people. It's when we're connected, when when we're joined, when we're held together, we're supporting one another, we're growing and building each other up, as Paul described in that verse I read earlier from Ephesians. There's an encouragement for all of us today to think about how we can be proactive in cultivating connections, whether that's engaging on a Sunday or in small group or some other area of church life. I really want to encourage us all today to consider what practical steps we might take to um, increase, enhance our connection with others. You might want to ask, who do I know who may be feeling disconnected? Who could I reach out to? I've been so encouraged this year to hear stories of you doing just that, like Dorinda, who gave all of her neighbours a bunch of daffodils. And one neighbour was out when Dorinda dropped the flowers off, so she left them there on the doorstep with a little note. And she found out later that neighbour was out because she was visiting her father's grave on the anniversary of his death. And she was so thrilled with the flowers and amazed at the timing of their arrival. Or Althea, who every week during lockdown has helped her friend who's not so good with technology to engage with church, making sure she has the link for the online services, even booking her into the in-person services here. Simple things that can really make a difference to someone feeling connected. As I think about connection, whether it's with people outside the church or people within, I imagine how enriching it might be if we were to make a fairly simple change to how we viewed some of our social life. Imagine the impact if loads of us connected over a meal or a coffee or some other drink every so often with someone we don't know or don't know well, perhaps someone beyond our normal circle of friends. How about about inviting someone who is decades younger than you or who is decades older than you, to have a coffee. White birds open after the morning service. It's a sunny day. You can sit outside. It's going to be great. And it's open nine till two every day of the midweek. Uh, again, you can sit outside or do takeaway. So I'd encourage you, think about who could I invite to have a coffee there? Or perhaps we could go for a, a drink somewhere. Or perhaps we could invite people for a meal in due course, and especially if you're sitting outside. And you might say, well, decades older than me or younger than me, what would we talk about? promise you, just ask questions about their life 
you'll find it incredibly enriching. How about connecting over a drink or a meal with someone of a different sexual orientation to you? Or with someone from a different ethnic or racial background? Or if you're single, inviting a married couple over. If you're married, inviting some single people. These connections could be so enriching for us as we get to hear stories and perspectives. And similarly, our taking the initiative could be a great blessing to them. So firstly, we can be proactive about uh, cultivating connections. So now, secondly, let's look at the structure. As restrictions ease, we're in a position to start rebuilding some of those structures which have been impacted. With the exception in our country of a period of weeks or months, for 2,000 years, congregations have congregated. They have physically met together. Watching online has some benefits. Some of you right now are sitting and you've got your, you know, your duvet up and you've got your cup of coffee and so on. There are some advantages, of course, but it can never replace church family being present in the same space with the presence of the Holy Spirit, as we just experienced then at the end of worship, as John led us, you know, in our midst. And as we begin to gather again, I'd really encourage those of you who have got out of the, the habit of regularly engaging with church to consider coming to an in-person gathering. And also to reinstate that habit, don't lose it, of regularly engaging online. Small groups are not yet meeting physically, except in groups of perhaps up to six outdoors. But when they are able to resume, let me encourage you to make every effort to be there. The astronaut Luca Palmitano was out on a spacewalk on the International Space Station when cooling fluid started leaking into his helmet, putting him at risk of drowning in his own spacesuit. So you can't move quickly when you are on a spacewalk. And as he was returning, the sun went down, leaving him in total darkness. Amazingly, he got back to the airlock by feeling his way along the outside of the space station. And in an interview, Parmitano was asked how he managed to get back to safety without panicking. And he said, it's... It's just training. You know it so well. Because he'd spent so much time becoming familiar with the space station in the pitch darkness with his helmet filling up with fluid, he knew what it was, he knew where he was and he could feel his way back to safety. And that's what structure allows us to do. Routine and so on. Regularly coming to church on a Sunday and meeting with others in in small groups, it trains us, it builds us up And it gives us strength, which sustains us when crises hit. Next, we need to find ways to exercise agency, that is feeling in control and being able to do things which feel fruitful. And Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, talks about us being God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he created in advance. He prepared in advance for us to do. So God has given Every one of us things uh, which we're good at is wired a certain ways, gifted a certain ways and prepared works for us to do. And when something aligns with our gifting, I don't know if you noticed, you suddenly have much more energy for it and uh, you also feel an appropriate sense of accomplishment in achieving it. So Henry Cloud said, whatever you're good at, just make some time in your life to go and do that. Uh, If you are good at playing football, just go and do that. Even if for the time you can just kick a ball against a tree. If you play an instrument, do that. 
find something you can operate in your strength with and, and feel good about doing it. It may be that you can use those gifts for others. If you're good at cooking, perhaps you might cook some cookies for so, or, or maybe a meal for someone, even if you have to leave it on their doorstep, like Luke and Jess, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, have been regularly cooking for a neighbour. Maybe there are ways you can use those gifts here at church. And as things come back together, there will be more and more opportunities to do that. You know, not everybody is going to re-engage or be ready to do so with the serving roles that they had pre-COVID. And we're likely to need more people to get involved in serving as we begin to do more things as a church. So we need to cultivate connections, begin to rebuild some structures, find somewhere we can have some control and feel fruitful. And finally, find ways to process the ups and downs of life. And the reality is there's been a lot of downs, haven't there? There have been a lot of downs this last year. And it may be helpful for you to process some of those with somebody else if you've not been able yet to do that. Small groups or in conversation with members of a small group would be a great place to do that where you can share how you're doing and support one another. And just a thought on small groups, you know, they are different to friendship circles. Many of you perhaps have been in church for a while and and perhaps you've been in small groups and you've developed relationships and you know who's going to look after you when you go through a difficult time. But I found so often small groups are where we do life alongside people who are not like us, who maybe we wouldn't have necessarily connected with naturally, but we are enriched by sharing life, doing life with them and learning from them. And that's really good for our own discipleship, as well as embracing those people in a way that if we just left it to friendship circles, they might find themselves excluded. So I'd really encourage you, if you're in a small group, make make those meetings, they're currently online meetings, but make those meetings a priority. And if you would like to join one, you can find details on the Connect link, trentv.org forward slash connect. There is no doubt that this past year, it really has been like weathering a storm. And so much of what helps us thrive as people, our foundational connections, our structures and routines, our sense of control and achievement, and our ability to process the ups and downs of life have been shaken. But as we continue to walk this path of easing out of restrictions. We have an opportunity to invest in those things which strengthen us, not only personally, but together.